Hello, Ollie Bilas here. Welcome to the Edspace podcast. This week, Neil Hopkins and I are speaking with our friend Lewis Stockwell. Lewis is Senior Lecturer in Philosophy of Education and Outdoor Education at the University of Hertfordshire, where, along with some colleagues, he's been working on a project to do with partnership in HE um, and Aristotle's account of friendship. Enjoy. Should we start? Should we should we start by saying what we're doing and why we're doing it? Yeah, over to you, Ollie. As good as <laughs> good as idea as any. Okay, so so we're 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 trying out. We're playing around with a podcast format, um, as a way of keeping uh, keeping a philosophy of education discussion going in this in this time of of coronavirus when we can't do our face to face meetings. Is that a is that succinct enough? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, you know, hoping that it will, yeah, keep, th- keep things ticking over. And it might even, there's even the, 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 there's even the possibility that it might reach a slightly wider audience than a face-to-face free-to-attend philosophy seminar on a Tuesday evening in Bedford. Exactly. Well, also, as you say, it might, it might create its own momentum and it's something yeah. that supplements what we're doing already. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's the first time for all of us. So we're not quite sure what you know what we're doing, but we'll we're going to give it a crack. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, okay. Uh, should we should we talk about the name of the podcast? Do it. Let's talk about the name of the podcast. Ed Space. Love it. It's good. I isn't feel it? calm already. Uh, I was scrabbling Another around, one. scrabbling around for snappy titles. Uh, that had something to do with philosophy of education, and I was coming up with really, really rubbish things like fill, fill your head with nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Yeah. And yeah. not, yeah, I mean, the not polite laughter. No, and the polite laughter is appreciated, but you know, not catchy, not very funny. And then my brilliant friend Lou said, uh, Edspace. No, it's very it's, clever. It's also, yeah, it is. It's reassuring you didn't go for like the Greek as well, or do something really pretentious like, you know, phrenesis or yeah, arete or Pati- nous, but you can't have nous because particularly when we want a wide, a wide reach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 We know our audience. I like to think that I loosened the ketchup top bottle, the bo- <laughs> ketchup top bottle. I like to think that I loosened the lid, but you know, it was Lou that got the <laughs> out. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's 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 talk philosophy then. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go for it. Have a little philosophical waffle, a little waffle philosophy. <laughs> um, Lewis, you're he- you're here to talk about about a project you've been working on with some colleagues. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So I'm here to talk about a project that um, has been funded by the Philosophy of Education Society of Great Britain. Um, which actually we got a grant for about five years ago, but nothing like completing things in a quick turnaround time. Um, And so I've been working with Karen Smith, who is a reader of higher education, um, and Professor Philip Woods, who is a professor of democratic educational leadership, or I think just educational leadership, but he focuses Mm -hmm. on democracy. And we both, all three of us, work in the School of Education at the University of Hertfordshire. So the project is, um, or the paper that we're probably going to talk about that comes out of the project is um, called That Which is Worthy of Love, which is um, uh, develops a philosophical framework for reflecting on something which has been quite big in higher education over the last five to 10 years, which is partnership working. So the idea that partnership working is something that happens between students and staff, um, students in the university um, and it's had quite a lot of work in policy and practice but not a great deal of work in philosophy right. okay uh, yeah. you, you said that the paper that's come out of the project so was there a broader was the was is the paper the sort of sum total of the project or were there other things going on and the papers just one one output so there is a bigger um, project uh, which was a much larger document that we produced um, and it is not currently published yet but it's a project um, document which is a kind of a helpful guide 
which takes policymakers or academics or even students through understanding the philosophy that we're drawing on, which is Aristotle, which we'll talk about in a bit, um, particularly his friendship argument, and then how they apply to student staff partnerships. And then um, the kinds of questions that we think people, professionals, academics, students should ask about those kinds of relationships. So there's, there was a funded project, it was only a small um, uh, miscellaneous grant really um, from the society but it enabled us to have a few days writing and have some conferences about it, for which Neil was actually there. I was. Oh, right. No, I was He, a he contributed, yeah. yeah. And a very good yeah. day it was too. And couldn't have done it without Neil's wonderful input. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got the tone sorted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Should we, I mean, an obvious place to start then would be, um, would be to ask you to just, just to, to summarise the sort of the main, the main points of the paper, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Um, no, no tall order. Um, <laughs> yeah, pub, yeah, so you've got to, you've got to summarise 6,000 words in, yeah. uh, into two minutes of chat. So this is the, this is the Melvin Bragg <laughs> in our time test, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And right. yeah, and if you can do this well, then we'll say you've got bragging rights. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Without hesitation, deviation, yeah. and repetition. Uh, yeah, marvelous. Okay, so um, I'll do I'll do my best shot. Um, so the the project comes out of a problem that I identified um, with my colleagues. Um, a few years ago, or, or on this issue of student-staff partnership, and it, it's it's something which is prevalent in policy and practice in higher education. Many universities say that they work in partnership with their students, and some universities say they do it, but they really don't. Some universities do it, um, and they um, create central policies and then they're supposedly just going to be passed down to students and staff to do it and some people genuinely want to try to make this work one of the difficulties that, that i identified with uh, philip and karen we all worked on this together which was that there wasn't really a great deal of critical work on it people weren't really exploring the idea the ideas underpinning what they meant by partnership they weren't trying to explore it in any other way other than saying, here's a problem and the problem is going to be resolved by working in partnership. Now, the problem that I think people were trying to fill and the literature indicates they were trying to fill was a kind of a, uh, what we're going to talk about hopefully in a bit. Um, uh, the problem was neoliberalism or the neoliberalizing of higher education. Um, or the consumerism and marketization of higher education. So uh, um, a very quick definition of neoliberalism that we may or may not want to go with, which is the idea of the um, model of economic markets being um, in all aspects of human life. And that comes from, I think, uh, Shamir um, in Stephen, uh, some of Stephen Ball's work, um, who people may or may not know. Uh, but really it's just the idea of marketization in all aspects of human life and one of them is in higher education where we have competitive market models where the student becomes a consumer the academic becomes a producer of of commodities for the student to consume and it happens everywhere and it doesn't it, it's not as simple as that because there are so many other ways of um, presenting it and criticizing it but the main point is that we were trying to understand the, the nature of the relationships um, of partnership and then identify a way of raising consciousness about them with students and staff or stakeholders generally. And we don't just think that this will just have a significance in university uh, and university context. We think that also there might be um, some value in other contexts where partnership is seen to be something which is valued or a way of practicing. So it could be in early years where there's parent um, uh, parent partnerships um, or in teacher education where schools work 
in partnership with universities, etc. So that was what we were trying to do. And it led us to developing um, a uh, what we call a typology, but we might call it a taxonomy of uh, partnerships, which are based in Aristotle's friendships. Um, and so very briefly, because we'll probably get into these in a bit more, they are a utilitarian partnership uh, or friendship, a pleasure partnership or friendship, a virtue partnership or friendship. And then we created a, a fourth partnership, which doesn't come out of the friendship literature based on create, uh, creation, or creativity or production. So don't know if that helps yeah. to guide us where we're heading. So, so would it be, I mean, the answer to this might be no, but would it be fair to say that one thing you're trying to do is to protect just to protect the idea, the concept of partnership from becoming just another empty buzzword, just another empty bit of jargon? And then, and, and then the second part of that is to then come up with different permutations of what partnership could be. Yeah, so there's um in the literature uh, that we that we explored, there was there's quite a lot of um, conflicting ideas about the term partnership um, and its practice because some in some cases it's it's on the kind of grassroots level, academics are trying to not be positioned as commodity um, producers and service providers and that kind of thing. Service, yeah, exactly that, uh, and. So it's on the grassroots level, but also it's at the uh, managerial level of the VC's offices, you know, the vice chancellor's offices, where they're saying we work in partnership now, and this is what the partnerships are going to be like, and everybody's doing it. And then it becomes hollowed out. It becomes meaningless to a lot of people. And actually, it's dealt with in, with contempt. Um, and it's it's not to say that they're, that partnerships should be the modus operandi of universities. It's that... Um, we want to be clear about what we mean by partnerships, which is where these kinds of um, uh, terms come from or these arguments come from for different types of them. Okay. Right. Uh, Neil, did you want to did you want to jump in with Yeah, I was gonna I wanted to ask a little bit on the the kind of the use of categories or typologies, Lewis. I mean, um, how straightforward did you find those? Because obviously Aristotle's typologies are used mainly in what we might think of as kind of civil society or in in private kind of exchange, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how easy or difficult did you find using those typologies in an environment where Aristotle wouldn't have necessarily conceived of them, of them initially? Yeah, that's a great question. When we when we initially applied for the grant, um, one of the fee one of the pieces of feedback, a one a throwaway one liner, uh, was Aristotle didn't talk about partnerships, mm. um, and it's a fair point. I mean, he didn't talk about partnership, but he did talk about human relationships, which is you know the fundamental um, kind of point of a friendship. It's a it's a type of human relationship. Um, so what we tried to do and what we tried to do in this paper is to outline the, the friendships that Aristotle discussed. Um, and I'll, I'll go into them in a little bit if that, uh, that should be helpful, hopefully. Um, and then we tried to say, OK, so what would these look like if these were partnerships? What would these look like if they were in a pedagogical or higher education setting more generally? So... Um, the first one that, that Aristotle talks about, and these come from the Nicomachean Ethics, if anybody's mm. interested in, in having a look at them. Um, the first one is, um, is utility. So the idea that uh, friendship is based on some sort of uh, exchange. Um, so that, um, let's think about, in, in Aristotle, uh, in Aristotle's time in ancient um, Athens, he was talking about, say, a service provider, um, say, a modern day uh, contractual relationship between a plumber and the person paying the plumber's wages in that moment. It's kind of like um, 
they're primarily contractual, they're customer and client based mm-hmm. um, relationships. Now, in a partnership context, we see that there are, in many cases, um, this kind of partnership going going on. We see that it's there. Um, and we, we suspect, and the literature indicates, um, that 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 kind of relationship again is just going to be based on a on a, a on a transactional relationship where the where the student comes in wants to take everything uh, that they can and then you know they they um, they leave with the product. Um, when we look at say pleasure based, it it's a kind of relationship. But if we go to the pleasure based friendship, it's a kind of relationship where you know, you might have a um, two people who are enjoying each other's company, or that they're enjoying a particular activity, um, and and uh, that kind of relationship is one that brings about some kind of momentary joy or or fleeting happiness. But the similarity, well, and the similarity between utility and pleasure friendships is that when that activity or utility goes, that friendship ceases to exist, that relationship ends. Um, And it's similar with the pleasure-based partnership where the pleasure-based partnership, there's a mutual liking um, of each other because of the enjoyment of the activity um, that there might be, that that the student and the tutor likes each other's company in relationship to the activity but the moment that that class finishes or the moment that that degree is um, ended that relationship goes it's not there anymore um, and that might be quite right as well um, for that to happen in the case of the virtuous friendship this is much more complex because this is the idea that we like or ha- um, yeah we we see the good in each other um, for the other's sake so it's not about something that I can get out of the relationship in the in the previous cases of utility and pleasure it's about how do I contribute to somebody else's life and you know how do they contribute to mine in this kind of mutual state of liking um and and for Aristotle he calls that the virtuous relationship the virtuous friendship um and in the case of the typology, we think that that's probably going to be an important uh, partnership, but it's also going to be a very difficult one to achieve. And this is also um, similar in the, in the friendship as well, is that Aristotle says these virtuous friendships are very, are rare, he says um, in, in the Nicomachean Ethics, is that they're, they're rare. So the, the virtuous based partnership might be, you know, in a, in a mutual state of, of liking, um, developing each other's interest and engagement in a mutually um, liked activity for the good of the other. And we see that, you know, maybe a doctoral relationship, a relationship which is sustained over a long period of time, it's not fleeting is a kind of place where we're going to see uh, a virtuous kind of partnership um, emerge. Um, And then we developed a fourth partnership on the back of Aristotle's typology, which is based in creation and the creativity of that, um, or the creative output of this sustained partnership. So we don't see it as a sub area as such of the virtuous partnership but we see it as something which is distinct although connected to it so this idea of say a group of people or a couple of people being interested and connected to an activity in which they're trying to produce something which is greater than the 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 people so um greater than themselves um you know it might be pursuing knowledge or it might be pursuing some sort of um project or output which they do together as part of a sustained 
um, relationship in which each other's goods are, or the good of each other, I should say, is a central feature. I'm going to stop there. Okay. Uh, the thing I just wanted to get you to sort of expand upon or think about was for Aristotle, friendship is civic often anyway, isn't it? I mean, he talks of the polis and of citizenship as being inherent inherent in a, in a good life. Um, mm. In what ways is your creative encapsulation different from that, if it is? I think, well, that's a really good point. I think there's certainly connections to the idea that if one is going to be in a creative partnership, it's got to be creative towards some end. Mm -hmm. And within universities, I think the idea would be that it would you know, serve the public good. So it would be quite connected to um, Aristotle's notion of the university. Um, I think, I can't remember what paper it's in now, um, where Aristotle's idea of the university is described as holding um, you know, society's highest ideals to account. In fact, I think that's in Stefan Collini, mm -hmm. um, that, that the university should be should hold society's highest ideals to account. But in particular relation to Aristotle, he he sees the university as part of the polis, as part of engendering civic um, duty or civic um, goods. And the university is there to enable that society to improve. Um, and I think within that kind of creative partnership, that's what we would hope um, to see and that's what we've kind of described and and argued that that's what that relationship would do is um is is creativity then is it is in your in your paper in your project is it a sort of is it a high threshold concept like is it a difficult is creativity a difficult thing to to satisfy or is it sort of, or is it any is it any output is it any outcome from 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 the partnership so I think it's an out. Uh, I think what we would say is it's an outcome from a particular, um, fr from that particular creative partnership, which is based in the good of each other. So um, some people could say, for example, be engaged in the utility partnership, and the utility is the production of some outcome, mm -hmm. right? So um, we could have a lot of contract researchers all based in a utility. Um, a relationship just to produce an outcome for a um, funded project um, but that doesn't meet the requirement that that we see as being important which is it's it's a creation of something for uh, of which it's something larger than the self in a in a sustained relationship of liking um, each other for the good of each other um, so it's not in a, in a way it's it's kind of a, it's a simple concept it's not something which is you know unachievable or unattainable but i think we would accept that it's not always going to be present in all aspects of say the modern university if that helps to answer your question i mean yeah go on neil well one of the things i was going to ask lewis just out of as a sort of a development was did you and your colleagues sort of identify sets of ethical behavior attached to each of these typologies so i mean if a student and a, and, a, and a tutor were working i mean they wouldn't be as deliberate as this but if they were functioning if the relationship was a utilitarian one as opposed to a virtuous one does that have implications for the ethical behavior of each neither or do you think ethical behavior straddles each of the typologies so are there are there are there characteristic ethical behaviours of each type mm. of partnership? You're asking. Mm. Yeah. Can I can I tack a question That's onto that? Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, so alongside that, I'm wondering if you know, are these we're calling it a typology and or taxonomy. So are these different partnerships? Are they mutually exclusive? They have to be. You know, does because um, the paper suggests there's a kind of hierarchy, right? That there are kind of lesser forms of friendship and greater and higher forms of friendship culminating in the virtuous, yeah? 
Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if in the partnership model, I promise this does have something to do with Neil's question. I'm not hijacking Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I see where it's heading. If, you know, if, if something could have, have the whiff of, uh, of virtue and utility at the same time, or if it, if it would have to be, end up being one. So that, do you see, does that make sense? I'm kind of trying to, yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah. Alongside uh, Neil's question. Yeah, no, they're, they're great questions. And these are questions that, um, that, that we've dealt with in a number of um, areas, uh, which is really great, only in talks really and um, different events. But when um, in the larger project that this comes out of, one of the things that we actually argue that anybody who's currently working in partnership should do, um, or people who are thinking about instigating partnerships um, should, actually before anything occurs should sit down and have a robust conversation with the, with the typology that, that we've um, laid out to say, all right, so if we are gonna work in partnership, what kind of partnership is it gonna be? So if um, a student is or is not being paid, you know, what kind of partnership is that going to lend itself to? Is it, who's gonna be getting what out of that partnership? What is it um, that, is worthy of, of our time. Um, Aristotle says, what is worthy of love? That's you know, the first bit of the, of the name of the paper that, that, we, uh, that, that we're talking about. Um, so we actually suggest that we, we need to have people having much more robust conversations about these kinds of relationships so that they can identify the types of ethical behaviors and the limits of those um, of those partnerships and their, the limits of those kinds of behaviors or what's expected. So you could enter into a, um, say a partnership with say a Dean of school who is desperately trying to reduce the, um, the attainment gap between uh, say black Asian minority ethnic students and their white student counterparts. You could enter into that, um, that partnership for a number of reasons, it could be a utility where the where the academic wants to have a particular student or a particular uh, group of students to offer insights to resolve the attainment gap, or it could be, uh, and that could be in a utilitarian way. You know, we're going to pay the students, we're going to reduce the data, um, reduce the uh, gap, but actually not change or not try to change, say pedagogy, for example, which could is well it's likely to take a longer time you're going to have to have a much stronger relationship um, because of the nature of that um, uh, action really um so is is so yeah we is one actually, oh yeah go for sorry it. i'm just i'm going to jump in just so is, is one thing you so you see the you see one thing that's coming out of this project is you would like rather than using this typology to identify characteristic behaviors you would like to you would like people to be using this language your kind of neo-aristotelian language of partnership to frame their conversations to, to change or to or to bring to light behaviors that are already going on yeah yeah and and one of the reasons for doing that is what we argue for in the paper is that if we if if um, a student or an academic can identify the basis of that relationship, they'll be able to see how it contributes to the good of their kind of current working practices or the good of their life as it currently is in that particular environment. So if people are clear that they're going to be working in a utilitarian uh, partnership, then they know the limits of what they will have to invest in it, or they know the limits of, of, um, of the goodness that it's going to bring. So that you know, you don't have students who are hoping that they're going to get more out of it, or you don't have academics who, not that many do, but who aren't going to abuse that, the goodwill of the student who hopes that something's going to come of it. And of course, it can work both ways as well. You know, students can also abuse the goodwill of the academic who's, you know, trying to do that kind of thing. But we hope that the typology will enable people to become conscious of the ethical underpinnings of, of that relationship. Now, you asked me, Ollie, I think, and this comes on the back of Neil's question about mutual exclusivity yeah. and things like that. Well, one of the things about all of the, well, some, one of the things about the relationships, for example, is that when you're in, say, a, a, a pleasure-based, let's start with that one first, a pleasure-based 
relationship, um, uh, partnership, there may be features of, um, of utility. You might enjoy each other's company, but you may want to just get something out of somebody else, or they may ask you for something and you'll happily do it. Similarly, in a virtue uh, friendship, uh, sorry, a virtue partnership, you might at certain points just need that person to do something for you because it's their job. So you, although you enjoy their, their, um, um, uh, their company and you enjoy, um, you value the good in them and you're nurturing the good in them and they're doing the same to you, at certain points, there will just be some times where you have to get on with the task at hand and um and so yeah so there will be say utility elements or uh, um, or pleasure elements within say a virtuous or a creative based um friendship so they're not they're they're not necessarily going to be um going to exclude each other you're not always going to be in a virtue based um friendship or mode of friendship in that moment of course it will still be present but there will be certain actions which are utility based or maybe pleasure based you know there that that is likely mm. to, to happen um i don't know whether i answer, answered your question there and uh, neil um i don't know if there's something that i missed in your question no not at all that i did i mean I the thing the thing is a sort of a follow-up i'd be interested in um lewis is do you see your research as being i know it was it's 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 primarily or even exclusively HE, higher education, do you see any kind of mileage or traction in applying your research to further education or even compulsory education? I mean, or does this partnership require certain levels of maturity or cognition that wouldn't apply to sort of young children, for example? Or would, or would statutory frameworks even prevent like you I don't know the pressures on schools come SATs come GCSEs come A levels as such that the the different types of partnership kind of almost get put to one side mm. but there isn't I mean, if, yeah. If, 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 yeah, no, you're not going to have key stage two kids turn around going this is only this is a utility based relationship well yeah i mean i i think one of the things about the idea of um of the typology if we start with the typology i think we hope that there will be traction in other um areas although we haven't you know we haven't we've spoken about it um you know i think it's quite possible to to say you know, within statutory frameworks like the early years foundation stage, there is a thing about strong parent partnerships with the practice, right? So it's like, well, what kind of parent partnership is that? What kind of um, behaviours will that have? You know, who's the boss in that partnership? You know, is it the parent or is it the practitioner or the setting? Um, within um, FE as well, I think, you know, there, there are likely to be places of, of partnership Um but whether they are likely to be that of a, well, I don't know, you see. I think that it's, it's something that we focused on primarily in, in higher education, partly because of the, the context to it, where there is a lot of talk about um, a partnership in policy and practice. I mean, you, you've got a better understanding of, of FE than me. Is there... Is there um, talk of partnership working with students yeah and i mean i think like what you're saying i think in colleges what you see um are colleges and individual instances within them where students do have a genuine voice and do are listened to and there does seem to be a sort of a democratic within the limitations obviously there are there does feel to be a sort of a democratic relationship where you could imagine say virtuous the virtuous category being applicable but obviously similarly with pupil voice in schools i think the thing you often find with a lot of partnership talk in fe lewis is that it's tokenistic 
And yeah. even in HE, I suspect some of your research was implying that there was a tokenistic aspect. I mean, is that is that something you, you're mindful of or not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so the tokenistic um, element, and, and I'll, I'll try and pick up on your point about, about the FE thing, because I think there, there, there are always going to be sites where people are, are hoping genuinely to have a, a deep pedagogic relationship, which is, you know, aiming towards some sort of notion of, of a mm -hmm. good life, which, which is the virtue kind of element to it. Um, but the tokenism, again, was one of the reasons that motivated us to talk about friendship uh well to, to talk about partnership using aristotle's um framework because we hoped that it would enable people to say all right so if this is just say a utility-based um partnership um it's kind of tokenistic it's just saying right i want to get something out of you um and even tokenism goes you know it's even in a way lesser than utility because it's just put in a document and it's very rarely enacted um, it's like, well, we now hopefully have a bit more of a framework to be able to criticise it and explain mm -hmm. it, which is often what we don't get. In school, of course, there is a great, you know, since um, uh, the citizenship, uh, who was the guy's name? Oh, I can't remember the, um, uh, the Crick Report. That's it. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's democracy um, and, and kind of partnership has floated around but again I think in schools is a bit more tokenistic because there's a there are power dynamics which go beyond the kind of power dynamics we're talking about in higher education or, mm -hmm. or in FE there are always going to be power dynamics in a partnership or even in a friendship um, because sometimes we open up to other people's um, power and you know I would happily receive criticism from you um, or both of you um, as and when I kind of asked for it, um, or, or even when I didn't. Um, but in <laughs> or if, uh, um, but in certain cases, particularly in school, children are criticised even when they didn't ask for it. Um, and in university, of course, there are power dynamics, there are equalities and inequalities. Um, we might have a joke and a laugh with some of our students, but for some of them, we might not. Um, so I think it's about we then have that well what i should say is that the typology enables us again to just become aware of where those equalities and inequalities lie and to be able to give voice to them so what where do you i mean where do you see the connection between that and something like phrenesis then i mean is is phrenesis incumbent upon student and teacher and university in terms of knowing what the appropriate partnership is. Yeah, so it's just to be clear then, so you're talking about phrenesis as practical yeah. wisdom, right? So the application of specific principles in a general, uh, no, it's general principles in a specific um, yeah. uh, context. Yeah. Just, just yeah. to be clear, yeah. Grand. Um, so I think what we hope this kind of discussion will enable um, this discussion of, of partnerships will enable us to do um, is to be able to do that to to take this general approach although you know quite specific this approach and then apply it into the particular moment to, to apply it into particular relationships that we have that's the hope that it will give the language and the kind of uh, the, the thoughts required to enable people to be clearer about that kind of um, the relationships that they hope to engender. And so, yeah, we certainly hope that there's going to be um, uh, phrenesis uh, in relation to it. Um, and also, you know, like reasoned informed action, which is a term uh, called prohoresis in, in Aristotle's uh, work, where a person can say, so this is the partnership, this is its structure, and this is the reason why this partnership is the way it is. So that's the hope. Um, and, and, the re and again, so just going, kind of going back to the, the, one of the points at the beginning, it's something that we, we just aren't seeing in the literature at the moment or in practice. There is more critical work happening um, now, but it's certainly not um, philosophically informed as such.
and that's and that's something that you that so this is this is where philosophy has a part to play you think in in educational research fleshing fleshing yeah, out think... or or ironing out some of these these conceptual frameworks that are often taken for granted treated as if common sense when in fact there's a lot of yeah. a lot of unpicking to be done yeah, definitely. I mean, um, when we did the initial kind of review of, of literature from um, from many institutions and their charters of um, of of what they say they do when they work with students and, and things like that. So kind of very, you know, policy documents that some people look at, but some people don't. What we really saw was that this idea or this term partnership was being banded around and it still is, you know, it's still being used in, in, in some areas in a very, uh, you know, tokenistic, um, common sense way. And what we're trying to do is not take away the common sense as such, but give more, um, more flesh to those common sense ideas that, yes, okay, so we've got partnership, we're working in partnership. Hopefully what we'll get is people saying, okay, so what kind yeah. of partnership is it then? That should be the next step, the next part of the discussion. Yeah. That's what we hope. Um, but yeah, I see that, you know, this is the, the one of the jobs that philosophy can play. It's not just conceptual mm. analysis, which, you know, some people think that that's the role of philosophy. It's actually trying to change people's ideas and practices to enable them yeah. to cultivate, you know, as Neil was talking about, practical right. wisdom. Did, did you want to come in on that, Neil, or is that? No, I think that's, I mean, that sounds, I mean, that sounds like a very sort of plausible understandable kind of way that practical wisdom might might work in terms of thinking of partnerships and and how how sort of students and teachers and and institutions work with one another because that's ultimately what it's all about isn't it it's about how far or how deep or how shallow the relationship is i guess mm. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that we 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 are hoping for, knowing that we you know we're in a state of of significant change in higher education um, at the moment and have been for the last mm. twenty thirty years, but also very recently, you know, in the last couple of months, and looking to the future into the next six months to a year, higher education could change significantly and the types of relationships that are going to be fostered between students and staff are going mm. to be different we just we and so we want to be able to, to mm. flesh that out and say all right so this could be one way of understanding it this could be one approach um so yeah so that's the hope that's what we've kind of been work. that's what we've been working towards can i ask a, a potentially silly question about the difference between friendship and partnership because your starting point was wasn't it was we've already you said this in several ways now but your starting point was aristotle's analysis of friendship and then applying that to the to the idea of partnership in 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 he right um yeah so could there could there ever be in that sort of educational in, in that in that sort of educational context could there ever be a partnership that was truly non that was that was absolutely non that had no element of of the transactional of the utilitarian about it because aristotle in aristotle's taxonomy the is the, is the virtuous friendship is the one to aspire to isn't it but as you've already said they're rare yeah yes so yeah. Yeah. if i mean could a could an entirely non-transactional partnership ever take place or would that be the point at which a partnership did become a, a, an aristotelian friendship well i don't even think aristotle would ex would hold to the view that a friendship is going to be entirely non-transactional i think there will be features in a friendship where transaction takes place you know where you know can you come round and drop this off for me or could you just do that that thing for me um, you know, there's. I think there's always going to be an element of utility or, or pleasure within a virtuous right. friendship, but it's the basis of that friendship. That that virtuous friendship is long-lasting. It's based in the good of each other, um, which isn't the case for pleasure or utility. I think 
one of the difficulties that um, that that you have in a virtuous based partnership in higher education is that it takes a long time to to develop and to to mature. Um, and of course, we don't have a great deal of time as, as say as students in a university. Um, and depending on the kinds of or the amount of time that we spend with our students, it may be rare that we ever get to know our students that well. Um, for it to not be a say a virtue or pleasure based um, partnership. Um, and that's why we kind of we, when we in, in the paper that we the big paper that we produced, um, we we see this kind of relationship is people don't describe it as a virtuous based or creativity uh, creative based partnership. Um, but it's synonymous. We kind of see them at, say, a master's level or PhD level where there is a, you know, a sustained engagement yeah. with each other. Um, and I think that, you know, that's that's probably just a reality of it. It's it's not um, a criticism as such, um, but it's I think it's just, you know, as Neil was talking about, you know, maturity earlier as well. I think these all come into mm. play, you know, maturity, time spent with each other, the activity that we're engaging with. Um, the thing that we're producing all come together um, in a in a virtue or a creative partnership. Um, so, in answer to your question, which I hopefully I answered, I don't think we would ever see a purely non-transactional um, friendship. So, if we're not likely to see that, we're not likely to see that in a mm. partnership either. Neil, any any follow up? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think obviously the only thing I would sort of add to that is obviously I think students are coming in, obviously I'm, I'm guessing mainly unconsciously. I mean, I'm not saying they'd be aware of these terms necessarily, but you know, we, we all see it in our own classrooms or lecture halls or workshop areas, don't we? Where, you know, some students are, seeing the degree in a purely functional way to 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 get currency mm. to, to then cash in for want of a better word in the wider world afterwards and and we you have some students who have this more expansive view of what higher education is and they i suspect that that must also come into play as well mustn't it yeah right yeah absolutely so i think um what we what we see is that where we have this consumer this consumer model of of higher education and of course this is even legislated so students in the in, in england are are um safeguarded as consumers they have the watchdog you know the office um the office of students etc they come in with the idea that um or they come in let's say surrounded by a context where there is um, consumerism, um, utility of the degree, they're there to get a degree in order to get the certificate, which can then be cashed in in the job market, that kind of thing. Um, and then there are some students who really don't like that model and they mm. get quite frustrated at that model. Um, because their 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 own personal ethics, their mo their motivational ethics for being there, is as you say more, much more expansive. That they want to enjoy, say, the philosophy of ed seminar, um, or they want to you know take in um, the reading of of a literary text, take in the reading of a literary text, so that they um, um, they enjoy it and soak it up and take its riches not um not just to pass the assignment of course passing the assignment mm -hmm. is a part of it that's part of what it means to be in our kinds of practices but it's not those two part. those two attitudes or orientations again you, you've sort of said this already but they need not be mutually exclusive anyhow right no no you, you've got yeah, right. you've got you know you you've got utility utility oriented uh outcomes or desires whatever it might be aspirations as well as the desire to enjoy the richness of the whatever task text is in front of you as you've just said you know they might they might sit very neatly alongside each other mightn't they 
Yeah, and and I think this is where you can see the type, like the the typology yeah. at work. You know, you could have a really good relationship, almost well, a virtuous relationship with a student who is a, uh, is studying, say, let's say, in our case, philosophy of education or literature or or out mm. outdoor education, and you know, in in, um, in my case too, um, and there will be moments in that relationship where you have a really great time you enjoy each other's company maybe you go out um, uh, after the seminar to the pub and have a meal or something like that you know normal kind of behavior but then there are assessment points and there are upgrade points which are which is where the relationship becomes more nuts and bolts and yes you're learning about the practice but there's a utility involved i need to pass a test i need to submit the assignment i need your help in submitting the assignment you know or, or in doing this assignment better so it's um whilst for aristotle and, and in our kind of part um our typology we see the virtue and the creative based as the ones we would aim for we are well aware and so was aristotle that you are going to have these other elements too yeah and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> A really assertive, <laughs> a really assertive note. Really, really committed. Um, listen, we we've been we've been waffling on for uh, fifty-one minutes now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I mean, this is this has gone at a rate of knots, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's gone. It's gone well. I think it's gone really well. If uh, if philosophy of education were a roller coaster ride, this would be this would be. Um, <laughs> The non-committal end where the brakes yeah, turn yeah. on and off. Yeah, we, we, we think it screeched to a halt. <laughs> um, this has been brilliant, Lewis. Thanks for thanks for um, being the well, being the guinea pig, really, right? No, thanks, Lewis. No That's problem. been really, really no, insightful for me. Yeah, yeah, really. No, I've really enjoyed it. Really interesting project, and uh, you know, in these in these strange times, it's a nice way of staying in touch with you both as well, and. Uh, you know, we'll we'll when this goes out, I'll I'll consider if we get ten hits, if we get into double figures, I'll consider this to have gone viral. <laughs> Lewis Stockwell talking to me and Neil about his collaborative project, that which is worthy of love. Thanks very much to Lewis. More information about him and his colleagues on the site where we've also posted some links to relevant further reading. Thanks very much for listening.